Welcome to the podcast Studio Staying, Inspiring Leadership. I learned in my life the importance of being inspired by others and to be surrounded by people who bring you new insights and perspectives. That is the way to grow as a leader and human being in challenging and changing times. In these podcast series, I bring you the latest innovations on personal development and leadership told from business managers, CEOs, spiritual leaders, and people who live their true story. Career on stage and screen as a dancer and actor. He figured in James Bond movies, played leading roles in several Broadway musicals like Cats. Guido now works as an international teacher and coach with senior executives, professional footballers, musical theater actors, and the occasional pop stars. He is best known for his transformational programs with clients who are often in the public eye. He, hel he helps them under all that pressure to become the best at their game, stay the best, and above all, enjoy what they have achieved. He is also the creator of the successful auditions program for creative high achievers, the CD Angels of Forgiveness, which is really a great thing to listen to, the little journey of letting go. Guido has worked closely with the Royal Academy of Music in London, the Voice College, as well as five Fu Fusion 5 performance in Germany. He was co-founder of the Network for Transformational Leaders and a founding member of the Changemakers. And in recent years, Guido has specialized himself in the flow of life and forgiveness, how you can create your flow, your own flow that brings out the best in you. In this podcast, you will discover all aspects of this flow, how you can improve it, what stops the flow in your life, and how you can overcome these blockages. We will dive, in, dive into the topic of forgiveness and also why as leaders in companies or in your own lives, it is important to be in flow. Flow, mm. flow, flow. Flow, 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 yes. <laughs> Guido, for, maybe um, for the listener, just a brief, can you tell us a little bit a little bit about your career? You have been a dancer, a performer. How, how was your flow in your life? Because you have been, done so many things. Yes, um, that's a very interesting question always for me to, to go into because it's it almost sounds made up when I talk about my mm. CV. And of course it is, you know, it's it's I made up my life as we all do. I started off as a professional ballet dancer. That was, well, first of all, I started off training to be, to be working at my hometown's job center. I had a good, you know, this was the 80s. Um, I had a good um the, the training that I was being provided with and then little old Guido just said I want to become a dancer and my parents thought I was going crazy you know how can you let go of this training when everybody else is looking for a job mm. but the call in my heart in my gut was just far too strong and I for some reason just decided to go and my parents let me since I got into a very very good school so I became this professional ballet dancer danced for the Bavarian State Ballet in Munich. And then again, that old call voice in my gut feeling got stronger again, that I wanted to do something different, or I wanted to build on that, and then that I wanted to use my voice. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was acting, I changed into acting. And in order to bring my voice more into my body, I started singing. So even back then, I always followed my gut feeling. So I quit as a dancer. I quit yet again, a very 
well-respected job at the Bavarian State Opera. Um, and did all my acting training. I started training my voice, as I said, and then just tried auditioning for musicals because I wanted to see, you know, how far I am and literally landed in a, in a tour through Germany for The Beauty and the Beast and, you know, been offered the second cast for one of the leading roles. And I thought, well, okay, something's here. And it was just so much fun that I ended up playing musicals for the next 12, 15 years. Wow. Over all that time, I was yeah. always interested how people tick, especially how I tick, why I'm sabotaging myself continuously. I could feel this. In my 25 years on stage, I always wondered, well, I could never really accept what I was doing. I always thought, when are they finding out that, that I'm actually not that good? When will they finally find out that I'm not good at this, that I'm not good enough? It was weird to me that people would put me into these parts and on stage when actually in my head, I didn't know what I was doing. And so many were, you know, a lot of colleagues were saying, well, I wish I had your career. And I thought, I'm just making this up. Don't tell any, you know, it was, it was weird. And so I, for 25 years, I could never really enjoy what I was doing because I was, I just simply didn't feel good enough. Was it, it, it seems like, like you were a little bit schizophrenic at that moment, at these times, like you're well, doing, having this great career while in your own heads, you're not enjoying it. And, and you say you don't have this career. Yeah, that's the perfect description because I moved to London at some point and I was walking around always saying, I want to become this leading man. I want to be a leading mm -hmm. man. I want to be a leading man. And my partner at the time said to me, okay, I've had it. Can you just print out your CV? And I was like, huh? print out your CV. And I printed off my CV and he said, what on that CV is not a leading man? And I started reading out the roles that were mm -hmm. on that CV as in, well, I played Jean-Michel in La Cage Fall, but you know, the director probably just fancied me. And then I played um, Cliff in Cabaret while well, I was just in the company. They couldn't. And I heard myself making excuses for every yeah. result every good thing i had in my life i had a story in my head where i could tell myself that it had no no worth and so it was very clever for him to say print off your cv because i realized that i was long living what i wanted to live but at the same time i couldn't accept it i couldn't let it in i couldn't enjoy it Today, I would say that was fully blown imposter syndrome. I had all the evidence that I was doing a good job and couldn't accept it. So you, you work a lot with the imposter syndrome. Now, what, what was it for you that made you having this imposter syndrome? Because it always comes from somewhere. Um, or doesn't it? Yes, it does. With, and because it takes you out of the flow. And so I wonder why, where did this come from? This making up the excuses, the uh, seeing it while, while at the same time not seeing it. To be honest, I've seen this, a, let's say I see, I've seen a form of imposter syndrome in so many of the high achievers I work with. 
Mm -hmm. And let it be the footballers, especially people who are on stage. But a lot of a lot of executives, a lot of leaders, because we are being dropped into these in, into these situations very often or into these positions, and we've worked for them and we've done everything. But we very often still run the same stories that we learned about ourselves when we were five years old or seven years old. And I heard this wonderful quote the other day saying, children are narcissists they grow up believing everything is about them and that's not to be said in a mean way it's just children do reflect everything upon themselves so when a mother or a father is doing you know is, is excited the child thinks oh that must be me if mm. the mother the father is um you know there's stress or there's anger or there's fights the child very often thinks it's also about them and of course during the you know during those formative years when we grow up we i always say we observe but mostly absorb our surroundings our parents our teachers our preachers society am i grown am i growing up in a in a double culture um meaning you know immigrant parents in a different culture or am i grown up in a in a hostile environment am i growing up in a peaceful environment am i grown up in abundance or in lack and that forms a certain belief a certain model of the world that we make our operating system mm -hmm. and that stays there and that's good because otherwise we wouldn't be able to operate but that also is now the operating system by which we make all of our decisions and very often if we have learned we have a certain value a certain worth that we shouldn't be too proud of ourselves that we shouldn't be shouldn't expose our talents too much because someone else feels bad mm. that story still runs in the system and suddenly someone says oh i want you center stage and you go that's all i ever wanted i've been i me guido i've always wanted to be on stage i felt i was always drawn to the stage and yet there was this schizophrenic thing that says but i don't belong there i belong there but i don't because i'm actually not good enough everybody will hate me Could you say now, looking backwards, Guido, I am proud of what I did and I was a really good actor and I was a really good dancer? Very interesting question. <laughs> I'm very proud of what I of what I did. Yes. Uh -huh. Especially because I've done so many different things. I don't think at the time I was a very good actor. I was good. Uh -huh. I wasn't good, the, a very good actor because I was so blocked by my self-sabotages. Okay. Many years later, I was asked to go back on stage to play a dream part. And I was already coaching. I never, I planned to never go back on stage. I because remember I was, that. I think it was five years or something ago that, that you were... Uh, yeah. It was, it was uh, three and a half years ago, yeah. and it was My Fair Lady, and it was yeah. Henry yeah. Higgins. And that's just the part that it's a dream part for any actor who can hold a tune, you know. Um, And there I actually believe I did a very good job simply because I didn't let my head stop me. Mm. And I remember the choreographer saying to me, you know what's really different? I said, what? She said, you really dare, you don't care if you look ugly. You just go for it to find things out. And that was a big difference for me. To just, I didn't do the job to be liked anymore. 
I did the job to explore a character and just throw myself in there. And it's not a very likable character. You always in between, do I like mm -hmm. him? Do I hate him? Which is for any actor, it's a great part. Um, and before, because I had all this, oh, I'm not sure I'm good enough running in my head all those years before, there was there were there were always the reins on me. I always had you know some hooks that were holding me back yeah. to fully just dive in, and that wasn't there anymore. Is, so, is that one of the main reasons that that we we don't arrive in the flow because we think we have to please others and we have the, these expectations that we we think we have expectations to fulfill with others. Oh yes, rather 100%. than ourselves, one hundred percent. Um, well, it's our own expectations and it's what we believe the others are expecting of us. Mm. Very often they don't very often. And that's, that's, I mean, that's when we come back to the imposter syndrome. Very often everyone else around you already sees how amazing you are mm. and that you belong in that position. And they go, why can't, why are you, why are you sabotaging? You're amazing at this. Why are you even thinking that you're not good enough? I mean, I'm, I, I know that many people will listen to this just nodding because they go, yeah, you know. So the what you what you said in your question, the I'm what will other people think? Will I be good enough? One of my clients recently said it's like she, she said, I feel like I'm continuously living in other people's heads because I'm mm. trying to figure out, am I good enough for them? And that's not going to help you really draw on your full potential. And oh, that's beautiful to reach that full potential. Is that because you, in the beginning, you mentioned a lot that you based your decisions on your, on your true gut feeling, on your kind of intuition. Is that mm -hmm. where we have our, where our uniqueness is? when we listen to that to that voice in us inside ourselves i believe so um because we have these filters these conditions that mm. learned behavior so we grow up and we learn to be a certain identity and that becomes our identity that's you know i am guido i am worth worth this and um, success is in my future, success is not in my future, or I will always lead a life of lack, but therefore I will always have good friends, or whatever the story is, the identity is that we have. And then there is this part in us that I believe we all have, some call it inner guidance system, some call it the soul, some call it divine or God, others call it just a good gut feeling. Mm. And Thinking back, I wasn't, I didn't know I was doing this back then, but thinking back, that was always the thing that made me make my biggest decisions. Stop that, that training for a job center and actually start a completely different career. Even when I was, I just finished Mamma Mia back then and I wanted to do something else. I needed to leave the stage for a little while. And I just thought I, I want to learn something else again because I always, wanted to know how people take and I a friend called me in the middle of the night and said listen 
remember we read this book about this one doctor he's offering a training i said yeah but he's doing this for like a full year and i can't do this no 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 no. you can do the first module it's five days but if you book tonight in the next 90 minutes you save 250 euros because the early bird special runs out and in the hotel there's one single room left because i spoke to them tonight and i basically just booked a training that i had no idea what it was it just felt right that mm -hmm. night i mean what's the worst that can happen i lose a thousand euros and five days that was the basis of everything i do today it just felt right logically yeah it could be interesting where do you feel it when you say it feels right do you have a specific place in your body or you 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 sit still and you listen for me it's really a gut feeling mm-hmm um, but and I know I see a smile coming up your face when you say this. Does it make you smile as well when you when you feel it? Yeah, because I feel I can feel it now. It's um, yeah. it's really it's 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 that center in my gut. Mm. This is where I feel it. But it is a full body feeling when I know this is not my filters, and this is what I'm trying to. This is one part of my work. Um, teaching people to get to reconnect with themselves because so much of what we do is driven by the script that we have learned our life is you know everything we said before and then you have that gut feeling that tells you you should do something different you should take a different decision you should turn another corner where logic tells you no you shouldn't society tells you no you shouldn't but something in you just knows this something needs to shift something needs to change or something something else is possible that was usually my feeling there's something else that's possible for you and i even had that as a child I always say I must have been the most annoying child because even at five years old, I basically annoyed my parents as saying, can't we live somewhere else? We can live some, We can live better. We can eat better. We can cut the fat of your ham. I mean, I must have been a really annoying child. I'm always saying I'm still annoying, but now I get money for it. Mm. So, um, <laughs> you know. It, 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 this, is, this is really interesting when you say uh, something else is possible, then I would say, uh, can you still be in the moment while saying that and enjoying where you are in that moment when you have your reflection, something else is possible? I think that is the moment. I think that is the perfect moment of expansion, if we want to call it something big. Yeah. Because you are aware of where you are, you're hopefully enjoying where you are which is certainly not a given with the people in a, in in high pressured positions mm. they that you may be even in a, in a state of gratitude of presence of going i am in the moment and in that moment i also feel something else is possible because mm. every all, all you're feeling is expansion and i think this is what we truly are life is ever ever changing life is ever expanding so I actually believe it's the only feeling you have when you're really present of being here and feeling I'm expanding. Because being here always means it's moving. 
Never thought of it that way. Thank you for that question. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 this is really interesting because then when, even when we're talking about it and you are in that moment of stillness, enjoying like we are, and you're really enjoying this podcast now, it is like the energy is moving. You know, and when you feel also the energy in your body is moving, then you know, like, well, I could ask Obama to come in this, in this podcast, you know, and then it's like, ooh, you feel the energy is, and I think I, I fully get it when you say, well, you're in the moment and at the same time expansion, because that is energy moving and growing, and then you're growing mm -hmm. yourself. That's evolution, evolution of life, no? Yes. And I believe the more you learn to get in tune with that gut feeling or the, mm -hmm. let, let me put it this way. I had a couple of interviews recently where I questioned my, my friends and colleagues on this. And we discovered a um, feeling that a lot of people have is when you suddenly reconnect to that gut feeling and you reconnect to yourself to that inner GPS, let's call it mm. this, that very often it becomes a little overwhelming because you get all these ideas. And it's almost like the floodgates have opened, the dam is breaking, and all these ideas that we, you know, we, we continuously ask questions. How can I do this better? How can I enjoy this more? How can I make more money? How can I be better for my team? How can I, you know, break my company to the next level? How can I have a healthy relationship? How can I have a healthy body? But we never actually listen to the answers. We never listen to the guidance. And now we reconnect and we open that little door and goes, and all the answers that have been stored up, that have been waiting sometimes for 20 years maybe to come through, are now rushing in. This is why mm -hmm. you're sitting there and suddenly it's probably Obama and I need to call these and I need to do this. And, I, and this can be very overwhelming. Um, and you don't have to follow everything and take action on that was the word I was looking for you don't have, you don't have to take action on everything just let it all come out first but just notice that you're reconnecting to yourself so because in one of your trainings you talk about the inspired action that comes out of the of the flow of these answers that you that you get when um when you ask questions so how do you decide which action to take because on some you don't follow or you don't need to follow or you don't even want to follow and some so how do you make this this distinction on which action to take it's a practice i think the mistake most people do is they think oh now i'm reconnecting to my gut feeling and here we go. And now <clears throat> the first decision I make is, will I divorce my spouse and will I sell my life insurance? Yeah. You should not do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you should absolutely not do that because I'm, I keep coming back to the, 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 the filters or as we recently been calling it, the script, the, those stories that we follow because we hold a certain identity and the biggest how do I say this? Um, the biggest lesson or the biggest thing we have to learn on that journey is to, to, to differentiate, which is the monkey on my back is always saying the voices in my head telling mm. me, you can't, you can't do this. You shouldn't be doing this. This is not logical. And the true gut feeling. Mm. 
the monkey, the, the script, the old demons, those are very loud voices where that gut feeling is very often just a whisper. Yeah. It's the something, it's the something else could be possible. Mm. And so it's a practice that you, I tell people do this for 30 days and just ask the questions and start listening to your gut feeling and then take little actions. Try it with um, what shirt, what color shirt should I be wearing? Where should I be wearing today? What um, way should I be driving? Or where do I cross on the intersection? Or, you know, just the little mm. seemingly meaningless decisions. I do this still when I open up my drawer and I just go, purple shirt or white shirt or you know mm. and one will feel right and one feel will feel wrong and it's practicing getting to feel again what feels right and what feels wrong for, for me making decisions and then very often we have to make a decision to find out if it was the right one or the wrong one hence start with the small stuff now i realize that i've been doing this most of my life I realized that I've been doing this when I made my first big decisions of becoming a dancer. And there, there were quite some big incidents in my life that were built on this. So it's learning to read how it feels in your body. One big, um, one big indicator is fear. But again, if you come from your old scripts, if if it's really, if it's telling you, you shouldn't be doing this, start to explore that fear because is it just your old script, your old identity that you shouldn't be moving because those monkeys, those demons will show up because they want to keep you safe. Now, if you don't mind me going into this, because I, yeah. this is the, for me the most important part thinking about what we what we said before we're so conditioned to have a certain picture about ourselves who mm -hmm. we are and what we are and what we're allowed to do and what we deserve and those stories are there they're giving they they give us a framework for how to operate in the world that framework is there to keep you safe as in mm -hmm. if your parents were always fighting when you were a little boy or a little girl and you have learned to just pull back or you have always learned to harmonize the family energy because you knew you could do that that's a great talent it's a great gift to learn that but also you might feel your entire life that it's your job yeah. to make sure that everybody is harmonious and you will never listen to your own boundaries you will never um, actually feel what's important to you because you're always and forever on your toes trying to make sure that nobody else explore uh, explodes now or if it's if you've learned it's not safe for you to be successful if you've learned money is evil or not good or you know all these crazy things that we might have in our system and everybody has to I have not met anyone yet who doesn't have things in their script, in their operating system that limits them in some way. And now your gut feeling tells you, you should call Obama, <laughs> for instance, or <laughs> your gut feeling tells you um, move house or move companies or mm. um, go to yoga class. I mean, it doesn't have to be these big things. No. Any change to your system 
will feel like grave danger because don't rattle the cage. Who do you think you are? No, you shouldn't do this. Why do you think you should do a podcast or write a book? Why do you think you should talk? You should be able to talk in front of 16 or 1600 people. And those, those, I call them bullshit monkeys. I hope I can use this language in your, yes, in yes, your yes. podcast. Those bullshit monkeys that come up, it's so important to know they are trying to keep you safe. So they're trying to be helpful. So you're not getting hurt because probably when you were five years old and you explored being successful or setting boundaries or voicing your opinion, you might have gotten hit or ridiculed or left standing there or whatever. And in order to not feel that again, it we literally operate still like the five-year-old. In order not to not feel that, we stay safe on our lane. And now someone comes and tells you, oh, listen to your gut feeling. Expansion is good. That's why the whole system goes, are you crazy? No, 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 no. And all these stories come up and you might even get, I mean, there's, you know, we create all these crazy circumstances and everything else is more important. That's the sabotage. And I always say flow happens when you stop sabotaging yourself, when you step out of your own way, because you already know, usually you know what kind of behavior you might want to change. And then ease it, lean into it one step, just one step. And try how it feels to see for the monkeys to see you haven't died. Mm. And I mean that quite lit lit little. Would you would you say, Guido, that um by going into the flow and following your gut feeling, it's always in your benefit in one way or another? I'll give you an example. Uh one year and a half. I had the feeling I had to leave my apartment in Ghent. So I decided to move to the countryside and I found a beautiful house, which I was really, really excited about. I got it because I wanted it. I got it. And it has a beautiful garden. And after two weeks, I felt so bad that I left my apartment and I was like, what the fuck did I do? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, all these thoughts come up, making... Um, like the, the bullshit monkeys, like you say, making you doubt about your initial decision. So I, I reverse them now. I, I truly like to live here, but it is often, would you say it's always in our benefit, the decisions taken by our, our gut feeling? If it's true gut feeling, I tend to say yes. Mm -hmm. We always have to, take our filters and uh, even even I always have to question what am I really thinking? Is it my conditioning? Is it is it my old triggers being triggered? Is it really the gut feeling that says you should be moving? And sometimes we get it wrong. Mm. Mostly we get it right and mostly it's for expansion. And I haven't, even when you get it wrong, as you said, now I truly love living here. So even that part of the journey is important. Yeah. But rather than just, if we talk, I mean, you have, if I understand right, your lead, your listeners are a lot of executive leaders. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I want to 
appeal more to the programming, to the script, to the operating system of getting the triggers out of the way. So we first start listening what's going on in the system mm-hmm. that we, that we start questioning our thinking. One of, I, I will come back to your question in a moment, no, that's okay. but this is so, I think this is quite important that we, one of my favorite sentences is don't believe everything you think mm. because it will be script. It's just an old program and it probably hasn't been updated yet. And so when those ideas come, sometimes they might be sabotages, sometimes they might not be. But the more we get, the more you understand what a true gut feeling is, then yes, I believe it's 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 always good. It's like the operating, not the it's like the the needle in the GPS that you put in and you said, I want to go from from Amsterdam to Ghent and the needle is in there and you have a very clear route. And at some point there's an accident or there's a traffic jam or whatever. And you, or you, you missed the exit. You made the wrong decision. Mm. All that does is your route is being recalculated. Mm. It might take half an hour longer. So you always get there. If I may, may add, uh, Guido, I would say also say, even if it doesn't turn out, um, even if it doesn't turn out what you thought that your gut feeling initially said, or go to that new house or go to Amsterdam or and you get into a car accident or whatever that might, might happen, always stay curious in that moment and see what other opportunities, what possibilities are still laying in that change of direction of mm. GPS. Because I remember last year, and you know, winters are quite lonely here in this in the countryside. So then I decided I go travel more. And I, in in the winter months, I was out of my house a lot, mm-hmm. traveling all over Europe. So, is this part of the gut feeling when it's moving you in a direction that is in first sight not what you hoped for? Um, is it part to be to keep the curiosity in the new situation and to recalibrate it? Um, it's not. Yes, yes, I know. It's not so. It's keep the curiosity. But the biggest mistake I see that people make uh-huh. in general that we as people make is we have an idea how things have to run out. Mm, yeah, and even. When and especially the the ones who already you know been doing the personal development and dive into the spiritual world and doing all that work, they say, "Well, now I'm manifesting." And what they do is they are laying out a route or you know a, the the road how it has to happen, and then you're back. Then you're basically not in flow at all because you're saying, "Well, I I want to go from Amsterdam to Ghent, and I put in the GPS, but I already know the route." So I'm just going to drive anyway. And the GPS might tell you, well, you should really leave here because there's going to be a traffic jam ahead. That's the gut feeling. Don't go tonight. Hold back two hours. Go later or whatever, you know. And But we go, no, that doesn't make sense. So we set the intention. We follow the initial gut feeling. And then we're going back to how we expect it has to happen. And that's the biggest block. 
to and you you say it beautifully when you when you say to stay curious once you follow that stay open that most likely it won't happen the way you expect it to happen because it might not be about the countryside it might not be about the house it might be about you having to travel it might be about you exploring some solitude first it might be about you experiencing what it feels like to make the wrong decision and i'm and i'm serious i Years ago, I was I was coming back from London. I lived in London for 11 years. I came, I came back to Germany, lived in my hometown for, for a year. And then I decided I need I want to live in Cologne, although my work was an hour away. But I wanted a more vibrant city. And so I've been looking around and I could not. I mean, the, the signs could not have been clearer that I should not move there. Because mm -hmm. nothing worked. Nothing worked. But I had my headset on. I want to live there. And I've been offered an apartment. I said, yes, we would like you here. It was nice, but it wasn't right. I mean, the bathroom was split in two parts. One part was built into the living room and the other one was built into the kitchen. Single, separate rooms. Of course, they had doors, but it didn't, you know, it wasn't It yeah. wasn't what I was, what I wanted. But it was my only option. And in my head, I had made a decision. That's what I, I want to live there yeah. in that city. So I made the decision and I called them up and said, listen, okay, I'm going to take this place. My inner dialogue saying, even though it's not perfect. Mm. And I agreed. I took the place, sat in my car, went over to my best friend. She opened the door. She said, what just happened? I said, why? She said, you're gray in your face. I said, well, I feel yeah. like shit. I said, I feel like shit. She said, what happened? I said, well, I agreed to take that apartment. And she said, well, that was the wrong decision then, wasn't it? <laughs> and I just went, yeah, I don't know why, but something feels so off. So in within half an hour, and that that's courage, because normally yeah. years ago, I wouldn't have done this. I called the landlord back and I said, listen, I'm so sorry. I know you've waited for me for a week to make this decision. But what's a week to a five-year contract in the house? Mm. Said, um I thought this was right, but ever since I made this 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 disagreement, the decision, I feel so out of my system. I, I literally just want to vomit. Mm. And he said, "Listen, I'm glad you called. Don't worry about the week. Um, you know, we have people waiting for the apartment. And the worst thing, that, what's the worst thing that happened to people that like each other met? I mean, that was literally the answer I got. Never, you know, we never heard from each other again. But." No, no, um, no. And then within 10 minutes, I felt fine. I had my color in my face back. So the body tells you. And I went against all the signs. So sometimes it, it, it's, it's that lesson. But the biggest thing is <clears throat> don't stop listening to your gut feeling if you do that. Because your system will continuously try to get you back on the same track that you've always been on. Beautiful. And I, I would pick up on the topic of the forgiveness because I liked the part of um, the landlord when you contacted him again to say that honestly, truly from, from your heart and from, from your gut feeling that the apartment was not for you. He reacted in a very nice and gentle way. You know, he mm. could have reacted in a very bad way, but in a way he was like, okay, it's okay. Maybe not. that's not a pure forgiveness, but it, in a way it is like, 
okay, I, I forgive you that, that you made the wrong decision, but you at least you pick up the courage and and you tell your you tell what you really want. So in a way, he forgave you for. Um, 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 yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. And if I would be listening to this, I would probably would think, well, why did you make the wrong decision in the first place? Didn't wasn't that clear? I think the signs would have been clear if I really would have listened. And that was a classic mm -hmm. example of me head over gut. I want, I want yeah. me, my head wants. Um, and if I, I, I often do an exercise where I say, and I didn't do that back then. Imagine yourself in the situation of having signed the contract. Yeah. How does it feel? pull out again then imagine yourself of having sent an email made that phone call mm. saying it's not the contract it might not be logical but you will get a good sense of what's right and what's wrong in the system mm. or like one of these 80s 90s tv shows where you have all these different you know goals on yeah, stage yeah, these yeah, yeah, yeah. portals and you go well go for the to the first one you sign the contract I, if i would have done that i probably would have noticed but my ego wanted to be in Cologne. Mm. Interesting thing. This ended in me saying, well, maybe I just need to go to Essen. Everyone I was working at this corporation with this um, performance center for athletes. And they were like, oh, finally, that's great. And within a week, I had a perfect apartment. It, it was like it, it's been waiting. And that's what I mean. It's yeah. head, head and heart weren't, yeah. weren't connecting on that. Mm. Um, and so when you get, and then you, when you talk about forgiveness, um, shall we talk a little bit about forgiveness? Yeah, 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 please, please. We still have, <laughs> we still have a bit of time. Very curious how that fits in for you. Um, how, for, how can forgiveness bring you more, more in flow? Forgiveness can bring you everything. And before I go into this, mm -hmm. There's a couple of myths I want to clear up because I know otherwise half the people listening to this might actually shut this podcast down. You know, mm -hmm. we'll stop listening, not shut the podcast. Yeah. We'll stop listening. Because in my experience, when I tell talk to people about forgiveness, I very often get the same reaction. Sometimes people say, oh, yeah, I finally need to let go. Usually the reaction is, ugh. Say, so what's ugh? <laughs> no, I don't want to forgive, or they think it's something biblical or religious, or they mm -hmm. instantly think of someone that has hurt them and they don't want to let them off the hook. Yeah. And forgiveness is this dark, heavy, ugly thing. And that's very often linked to, as I said, to some religious background. For me, it's none of that. That's the preamble I just wanted to say. Yeah, yeah, also, also, when I when I take my my private clients through the processes, I do like ninety day um, programs with them. I used to just have them, you know, whenever they wanted to work. I realized that with everyone, at some point there was something they had to let go. So, if you struggle with the word forgiveness, don't get too hung up on the mean on on the word. Call it letting go, call it forgiveness, call it neutralizing the past, you know, it, mm. don't, don't get hung up on words. But I haven't met anyone yet who in the work, in, in this work of getting better, of getting more into your potential, of 
sabotaging yourself less, of stepping more into that power, that there wasn't at some point a story they wanted or needed to let go. Let it be their dad, their mother, the ex-husband, ex-wife. Um, I even had, um, I was working with, I was doing a, an, an impulse lecture for a, corp, a big corporation here in Germany. And I invited people, you know, if they wanted to work with me for half an hour afterwards. And someone did. And even some of the topics that came up was, well, I'm still angry at the narcissist boss I had many, many years ago mm. that I had for almost a decade. Well, at least I didn't get, you know, a key thrown at my head or something like this. And if you have something in that's in your system, you won't be open to actually form a beautiful relationship yeah. with a good boss. Yeah, That's where forgiveness comes in. And then there's three myths about forgiveness that I always think are so important because we believe when we hear forgiveness, you're letting someone else off the hook. Forgiveness mm -hmm. is for you. The other person might not even be alive anymore. Forgiveness is you left a part of your power in someone else's arena. Mm -hmm. Why do we do this? Because someone has hurt me. It's very often the ex spouses the ex-partners but it could be the ex-boss the ex-football trainer even heard that one or just it's some, often something very small so in order to not get hurt again even if it's something awful some form of abuse we are holding on to the anger the the unforgiveness so this will never happen again we're doing this to protect mm -hmm. ourselves to keep the other person and all the people who are like that out of our life so we're holding ourselves in a protection state for it to never happen again but in essence by holding on to that unforgiveness we're holding us in the exact energy that we're trying to protect ourselves from and therefore some might argue you attract the same the same or similar situations again. So the first myth is don't believe you're doing this for the other person. You're doing this to unlock you again. You're bringing back some of the power you left with someone else. The second myth is by forgiving, I'm saying what he did was, was right or I don't mind or she. Um. That's also not true. You might forgive the soul, the person, and you can, I think it was the Dalai Lama who said, forgive the act. No, forgive the person. You can forgive the person and not the act. Mm. And you're, when you forgive, it's not about saying you were right and I was wrong. You win and I lose. It's all about saying I'm, I'm bringing my power back. I might even understand with your upbringing, with how you've been abused and misused throughout your life, that you operate that way. And so therefore, I can forgive that part in that human. Um, I'm not saying it's okay, but I'm going to let that go because I want my power back. And the third myth, myth very often is that people say, well, if I forgive, do I bring this, do I have to bring that person back into my life? No. Mm -hmm. Tell them to F off. I forgive you. I don't need you in my life. Mm -hmm. So for me, it is the self-help tool. Number one, when people say, people of NASA, if there's one thing you would tell people to, to embrace, I say, let go, learn to let go. Mm -hmm. 
learn to forgive. What what comes in my mind as well when I work with 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 leaders, a lot of them, they're so overworked and they often have difficulties of engaging a new partner in their company or a co-director or whatever. Um, and it usually goes back that they have had a very uh, a very bad experience with previous partners. I mean, professional yes. partners. Yes. And so they prefer to manage everything by themselves and calling it's it... It's safe. It's, it's very safe and calling it... And maybe that's a fourth one, uh, using an excuse of, but then I seem weak. If I let go or if, if I forgive the other one, I am weak. And especially with men I've encountered. That forgiveness is something, it doesn't fit within a masculine culture. You know, it's, I have to be strong. I, mm. I can't do this by myself. And I, um, yeah. Um, you're absolutely right. I've seen this many, many times. It's mm. and I've seen this in myself. Yeah. It's that's why I called the CD I recorded ten years ago, "The Little Journey of Letting Go." Um, it's it feels like something's wrong, and you know you're weak if I forgive or let this go. It's the opposite. I was saying this to a client this weekend. I was like, I actually said, um, that person said to me, I'm I'm there's a fear of me that you now see me as a coach, see you in a different see him in a different light. And I said, quite frankly, I believe, well, I know everybody has these things in their in their scripts, in their operating system. I think anyone who doesn't do coaching is weak. Mm. This is of course a little bit, oh, you know, it's a it's a it's a very um overdrawn statement mm, yeah. that i said in that session that's not what i'm what i mean of course however what i do mean is everyone who does coaching is in my opinion very strong and very courageous mm. because then it's not about what is broken i need fixing it's about what can i do better mm. what can i do in order to feel better and if your 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 clients or the people you work with you know when you say They've had bad relationships in the past with business partners. I understand that it feels unsafe to go there again. Mm. But if you're operating, if you're still holding on to anger and fear and a feeling of betrayal, which very often, yeah. you know, they, exactly. they, they ran with my money, they, they broke my trust, they took all my clients, you know, we've heard all of those. Um, but if that's in your system, you won't be free to make clear decisions with someone who probably would deserve your trust. So you're holding yourself back. And for me, that's not strength. No. Courage would be looking at, okay, I'm letting this go. And this is probably a, a very crucial part of the a piece of the puzzle here. It's not that you then go naively into the next relationship again. Because this is, again, this is the fear that comes up. What it allows you to do is that you then can actually see the other side clearly and you can make a better decision. Oh, no, that doesn't. That person doesn't feel good. That person feels good. 
I might get it wrong again, but let's explore this. Now you're open to explore things again. It's giving you, it's giving you options back rather than keeping you in that same old statement of I, I will move, move forward. So you, you just, get you you get you put yourself back into the flow. You put yourself back into the flow and to you open yourself up to possibilities again. Mm -hmm. And just to top this all off, because you kind of very briefly touched on it, but um I want to make I, I want to shine the light on this a bit bigger. Forgiveness is not just about others. Mm -hmm. Because if you held on to that feeling now that you probably could have already trusted someone else or you know that you could have made different decisions there might be a time where you also need to forgive yourself mm. huge huge and to give you an example of how this works i've been working with a um, ceo and we worked on th the relationship of the two um, of the two partners in the firm that was, you know, the emotional journey we were taking at the time, saying we want to better this 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 journey. And a feeling came up. I was working with one part of the, you know, of that of that partnership. I said, "Do you know this feeling?" Yes, that's a very old feeling. I know this feeling from my father. Of course, mm -hmm. this is all we've been talking about today, Stan. You know, so I said, yeah. "Okay, that makes sense." So the forgiveness process we had to do was actually in the past with, I'm now making things up with probably an overbearing father or mm. someone who doesn't believe in you or, you know, probably just wanted the best out of you, but did not, did it, didn't do it in the best possible way. So we did that forgiveness work, which is very simple, very easy, very fun, light on the family side. And the, what I think is always mind-blowing is that a week later, I get, an, I get a message saying, you know, the partnership in my firm has improved greatly. Perfect. What's even more impressive, for the first time in my life, I have a relationship with my father. Oh, and by the way, my blood pressure dropped. Could that be mm. part of it? Of course it is. If you're holding on subconsciously, even without you knowing, to anger, to resentment, to something for 40 years, of course, that's going to affect your body. So I find letting go very courageous and very strong because you're going forward. Oh, <laughs> now I feel, Guido, we have just touched one part <laughs> and I, I feel like we could, we could talk hours and hours more on the top mm. on the topics of flow and forgiveness unfortunately we do have to end this podcast so i have one more question a last question for you is um if you would say to our listener or advice to our listener one thing to do today just one thing that gets yourself more in flow what would that be Take five minutes. I know your listeners are busy. Take three minutes, five minutes. I call it check in with yourself. You could feel 
you know, how am I feeling physically on a scale from zero to 10? How do I feel emotionally, emotionally from a zero to 10? <clears throat> and how present am I with myself right now? <clears throat> Excuse me. And the next question would be, and how do I want to feel? Because very often we get so stuck in the dynamics of our day and we're going from meeting to meeting and we bring sometimes the positive, but very often the negative emotions from one meeting into the next meeting, into the next meeting. And we don't notice that we're already in an emotional state that's not helpful. And we're already on the, on the, on the automated highway. So if you take just three minutes right now while you're listening to this, even if you're listening in the car, stop the car, you know, park for three minutes and go, how am I actually feeling? And how do I want to feel? I love that question of saying, what if I could feel that way? What if is not a, I want to feel rich, I want to feel successful, you know, it's not empty. What if opens a door for you to go into a, a, a field of possibilities that opens up your brain in, in very wonderful ways? So that would be my one tip for now. What if? What if? Thank you very much, Guido, for this truly inspiring and fascinating, fascinating conversation. Thank you very much. How am I actually feeling? And how do I want to feel? I love that question of saying, what if I could feel that way? What if is not a, I want to feel rich, I want to feel successful, mm -hmm. you know, it's not empty. What if opens a door for you to go into a, a, a field of possibilities that opens up your brain in, in very wonderful ways? So that would be my one tip for now. What if, what if, thank you very much, Guido, for this truly inspiring and fascinating fascinating conversation thank you very much and i also want to say thank you to our listener i hope this conversation has been able to inspire you because well that's my mission uh, personal development and growth are key elements in a changing world and mm. if this podcast helps you with it uh, or you want to know more about guido shimanski go to his website www.guidoshimanski.com so, and if you want to learn, uh, listen to more podcasts, please follow, press the follow button and you will be informed immediately. Thank you very much. Thank you, Guido. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been a blast. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to Studio Stain. If you want more inspiration, just go to my website, studiostain.com or go to the Spotify website, iTunes on Inspirational Leadership. You can also share this podcast with others who might benefit from listening to these inspirational talks. Thank you very much, great people.